0: What makes a great leader? Today, let's explore leadership at sea. What does it take to lead a crew? And can one improve their leadership skills? This is the Women Offshore Podcast. I'm your host, Ali Cedeno, a mariner and founder of Women Offshore, Women Offshore is an online organization and resource center supporting a diverse workforce on the water. Captain Christine is an unlimited master mariner. She's a seasoned ships officer with 17 years of experience in the maritime industry, working on board container ships, car carriers, military cargo vessels, and research ships. Captain Christine is a graduate of SUNY Maritime College and has an MBA from Seattle University. She's currently an instructor at Pacific Maritime Institute in Seattle, Washington, and is on her way to become a pilot in Southeast Alaska. I brought Captain Christine on the show to talk about leadership and what that looks like on board vessels. Welcome, Christine, to the Women Offshore Podcast. Hello, I'm so happy to join you and uh, talk a little bit about the maritime industry. So can you start out sharing where are you in your career right now?
1: Sure. Uh, So I'm probably uh, mid-career, I guess you'd say. I've been out of school for, uh, it's hard to believe, but uh, let's see. Seventeen years, yeah, seventeen years since I graduated from SUNY Maritime, and so I am a full-time instructor at MITEX PMI on the West Coast, and I'm just starting a new chapter of my career as a pilot trainee with Southeast Alaska Pilots.
0: Was uh, becoming a pilot a goal that you had originally?
1: Uh, no, not not initially. In fact, it was uh, it wasn't until about a few months before I took the test. That I even decided uh, that it was something I'd consider. I was really uh, struggling with what my long-term career plan was, and uh, and struggling with the next steps. And I think that's a common struggle for a lot of folks. You think, what am I going to do next? And so I started to think about, well, what's long-term and what are the possibilities, and what does the top of the mountain look like versus what's the next step. Uh, pilotage came into sharp focus with a lot of things that were important to me and are important to me. And uh, so then I chose to take take the test and here I am.
0: So you're making it to the pinnacle of the industry. And one of the things I want to talk to you about today is what makes a great leader, especially on board a ship. Excellent.
1: Uh, I love talking about leadership. I teach the leadership and managerial skills and leadership and teamwork classes at my tax PMI. Uh, but I also finished last year a leadership executive MBA program at Seattle University. So I spent two quarters studying leadership at a collegiate level. So I'm I'm really excited to talk about it. It's something I enjoy reading about and talking to others about.
0: Like what what makes that great leader?
1: Well, I think there's a lot of perspectives on leadership. Certainly there's a lot of different styles and uh, you know, it's just like anything else, everybody's got their opinion about what they think works. Uh, for me, I think the biggest Uh, thing that helps leaders be successful. I think the biggest kind of key to successful leadership is emotional intelligence and and this concept that leadership is more than just the hard skills, right? We talk a lot about how, you know, somebody may be a good captain, but then there's also the, the person who's, you know, a good ship handler, but they're not uh, a good captain, right? What makes that difference between somebody who's got the technical skills and somebody who's a really great leader? And for me, that gap is emotional intelligence, the components of self-awareness, self-regulation, empathy, social skills, and motivation. And, and all of those feed in together uh, to how you treat others, how you're perceived, how you treat yourself to make make successful leaders.
0: Can that emotional intelligence be developed? Or is that something that maybe you're born with?
1: Sure. Um, so that's Daniel Goldman wrote the book on emotional intelligence. And that literally wrote the book. He's uh, written a, a second version, emotional intelligence 2.0, just uh, within the last few years. And he says, absolutely. In fact, he even advocates for it to be taught in schools and has done that on a trial basis and found better outcomes academically for students who learn emotional intelligence in the classroom. So it is absolutely something you can learn and develop. And I think uh, certainly the social skills element, the empathy elements can be a little bit harder, but I think the self-reflection and self-awareness or the self-regulation and self-awareness are challenging, but very doable. Uh, you know, that looking inward, seeing how you're being perceived seeing how your actions affect others and then keeping that in check sometimes or being aware of when your emotions are you know a fact a factor in any given situation those are things we absolutely can learn and they're hard to develop and can be hard to practice but uh yeah absolutely they can be developed
0: so if someone is realizing that they need to be more emotionally intelligent where can they start? Uh,
1: you know, I think first reading about it and even knowing that it exists. I think it's like a lot of things, uh, things like uh, bystander effect or confirmation bias. If you know that it exists, that awareness alone can be a big game changer. I also think uh, it, it happens a little bit with maturity and age. You know, I think a lot of us uh, start to develop things like empathy as we gain more life experience. But I also think talking to others and being vulnerable and asking for that feedback of, you know, hey, how did that come off? Or, you know what, I totally botched the situation. How could I have handled it better? I think those things give you that self-awareness. They give you that you can build that self-awareness.
0: Christine, what can the maritime and offshore energy industries start doing today to further develop the next leaders on the water?
1: I I love that question, and I don't have the answer. And I think the challenge is pretty clear to a lot of us. Uh, I I think the challenge is twofold. We've got uh, what I've heard called the silver tsunami, which I love that term, right? We've got this wave of impending retirements. We've got all these boomers that are staying in the workplace longer because of the economic collapse in 2008. And so we've got this aging workforce that are in leadership positions. And then we have this challenge of a lot of young, hungry people that want to move up into those leadership positions, but can't and get discouraged and leave the industry. Um, And so I think our challenge is finding new ways to develop leaders uh, so that one, we have them ready when we need them, but also that we're not losing people to, to this kind of atrophy I can't tell you how many mates uh, I know that are, you know, second mates, chief mates and are looking to get their master's license, who want to move up, who want to be in the leadership of different organizations, but because they can't get to that chief mate role because they can't get to that master role, they kind of stall out in their careers and they get really discouraged and they sometimes leave the maritime industry altogether. I'm glad to see more and more pilot organizations are taking people with chief mate unlimited licenses or master 1600 ton licenses and are looking at ways to develop those individuals because we're now getting younger and younger people entering into pilot programs and then being able to start that lifelong career. Uh, So I think I think our challenge is how do we find other ways to develop leaders outside of that traditional chief mate master management type role.
0: Yeah, have you had a supervisor or someone in your life who maybe brought you into the office or had some sort of significant impact on your career?
1: Absolutely. I absolutely have been very fortunate to have a number of individuals throughout my whole career at different stages and in different roles that took on that mentor, sh- mentor role for me and had a huge influence on my career.
0: Was there something in particular that they did created a turning point in your career?
1: Absolutely. The folks that mentored me that, that took on that role and, and looked out for me did a number of things. They, first and foremost, they saw me, right? They recognized me, me. They, they heard me. And that's, I think, is the women who listen to this podcast absolutely know what that feeling is like. And, and I would say probably a lot of young people as well, just to be seen and to be heard as somebody who has talent, who has knowledge, who has ambition, who has. A yearning for more information to be recognized is huge because I think a lot of times we are denigrated and and are unseen. The other thing that these mentors did for me was they often encouraged me to take a a different perspective, whether that was to look at the long game, uh, to think about what my long term was. One of my mentors, you know, encouraged me actively to pursue my chief mate's license when I was considering leaving the industry altogether. And that then led to me getting my master's license. And of course, it's leading me now to this role as a pilot. And 10 years ago that, you know, I, I could have made a choice that would have left me without those opportunities. So sometimes it was encouraging a long term perspective and other mentors encouraged me to take a broader view and to consider a problem or a challenge from a lot of different perspectives. And that was tremendously helpful. You know, a lot of times we we focus in on what the problem is and you think there's one or maybe two solutions. But really, it's such a broader thing. And these mentors were able to encourage me to look at it from a different point of view to find a solution that worked for me through their own experiences, but also just by kind of talking things through and and talking things through with me and helping me understand the problem from a different from a different angle.
0: Sounds like you have been surrounded by some amazing leaders in your career. Is there one lesson looking back over these last 17 years that you've learned that you would want to pass on to any of the women or even men who listen to this show?
1: Absolutely. So I have been graced with being around a lot of very amazing leaders. And I am still very fortunate to be able to count those folks as mentors and as friends today. I think the one piece of advice that I would share with some of our listeners is to do just that, to develop your network And that's kind of a broad term. But to develop your peer base, uh, those people that you can reach out to when you're having a hard day to vent to, to to talk about what their experiences are as peers, you know, to see where you're both at and, and how things are developing. But also, I would actively encourage folks to seek out mentors, whether that's in a very formal professional setting or whether that's in an informal sense. I think there's so much to be gained from our professional and our social networks. Whether that's just very simple, you know, going out for a beer and kind of complaining and and griping and getting it off your chest to being able to check yourself and be able to say, like, hey, what do you think about this? And how should I pursue this? This or I'm thinking about this venue. What do you think? That sounding board is huge. And it was something that I didn't do a lot in my early career and something that I'm doing a lot of now. And I find it so tremendously life giving to connect with, especially other women in the industry, to share my experience, both in a, a very formal, professional sense, but also in a social context, uh, to be able to share my experiences as a peer, to be able to share share them with somebody I'm mentoring, but also to have those mentors still and, and to get that advice and to get that perspective.
0: We have a mentorship program at Women Offshore, and yes. one of the things that I really like about it is that... it. It makes the mentor think about their career, too. It's not just about the mentee.
1: Absolutely.
0: Do you want to talk a little bit about reverse mentoring and the benefits of that? I, I'm a huge believer. Shout out
1: to Sarah, my mentee. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that benefit. And I, I have not had a lot of experience that as somebody who's doing mentoring, but I have a lot of experience that with teaching. Uh, as a teacher, I always find the most profound experiences for learning is when you're teaching somebody else. I can't tell you how much better I understand things like celestial or stability now that I've had to teach them to other people. And I see that with my students as well. When they teach somebody else, their own learning is so more solid and so much more reinforced. And the same thing happens with mentoring, right? As you're helping somebody else make decisions and helping them to reflect on where they are, where they want to go. You wind up doing that a little bit yourself and reflecting on your own experiences and, and the decisions you've made. So it is that beautiful thing where it's not just a one way or a single direction type of energy flow or, or um, experience. It really is. It works both ways.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate that you're in our mentorship program and you're just such an inspiration to our community. So thanks so much, Christine, for coming on the podcast. Thanks. I appreciate you coming here.
1: Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. I look forward to uh, reading more on women offshore and to uh, talking to more of the group.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Women Offshore podcast. On the next episode, you and I are going to hear from a woman who works on deep water drill ships and who, as an engineer, is working her way up through operations to be her captain's boss. I also have a special announcement to make right now. If you haven't already heard, we have a conference coming up in July. The Women Offshore Unite Conference is scheduled for July 12th to the 13th at Rice University in Houston, Texas. More details will be available soon and also share them here on the podcast. Save the date for Women Offshore's Unite Conference July 12th through the 13th. Until next time, stay safe out there and I'll talk to you soon.